Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for August 12. My name is John Mason. It's great you could join us. The theme of my reflection today is Pursuing Goodness in a Troubled World. Before the reflection, there'll be a selection from Psalm 85, followed by the Lord's Prayer. Further prayers drawn from an Australian prayer book, 1978, will be led by Andrew Pearson. Catherine Jacob will bring us a reading from the New Revised Standard Version, and my reflection will follow. Andrew's the Dean, Senior Minister of the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama, and Catherine is a member of the ministry team there. Music is also from the Cathedral, under the direction of Dr. Frederick Tiru and Zachary Hicks. Let me now read from Psalm 85, verse 8. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for He will speak peace to His people, to His faithful, to those who turn to Him in their hearts. Surely His salvation is at hand for those who fear Him, that His glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet, righteousness and peace will kiss each other, faithfulness will spring up from the ground, and righteousness will look down from the sky. The Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before Him, and will make a path for His steps. Now as we turn to prayer, let us pray as our Lord Jesus has taught. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Andrew Pearson will now lead us in further prayer. A prayer for everyone in need. O God, creator and preserver of all people, we humbly pray for all sorts and conditions of men and women, that you would be pleased to make your way known to them, your saving power among all nations. Especially we pray for the welfare of your church, that we all may be guided and governed by your good spirit, so that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace, and in righteousness of life. We commend to your fatherly goodness all who are in any way afflicted or distressed, with any kind of sickness or sorrow, anxiety or need. Especially we pray for family, friends, those who are known to us, Lord, we particularly pray for your comfort for those who are grieved by the loss of loved ones at this time. We pray for the ongoing research into a vaccine and cure for COVID-19. We also pray for the many who are out of work. Give wisdom and compassion to leaders, enabling them to facilitate an effective economic recovery and so provide opportunity for work for everyone. Lord, we also pray for those who are in physical, mental, or emotional danger at this time. Father, may it please you to comfort and relieve them according to their needs, giving them patience in their sufferings, 
and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. All this we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A prayer for peace. God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, have mercy on our broken and divided world. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all people and banish from them the spirit that makes for conflict so that all races and people may learn to live as members of one family and in obedience to your laws. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. A reading from Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 11. Put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free. But Christ is all and in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Augustine of Hippo was one of the great minds of the late Roman Empire. He wrestled with the notion of God and questions of evil before coming to believe that Jesus Christ is truly the Son of God. He goes on to say in his confessions that as a young adult his prayer was, God, give me chastity and self-control, but not yet. One day he heard a young child's voice singing, Tole lege, tole lege, take up, read, take up, read. He'd been reading Paul the Apostle's letter to the Romans. Going back to the place where he left his text, he let it fall open and his eyes lit on the words of chapter 13. Let us live honourably as in the day, not in revelling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarrelling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. As he read, he found the solution to his heart's deep longing. How sweet did it suddenly become to me to be free of the sweets of folly. Things that I once feared to lose, it was now joy to put away. You, Lord, cast them forth from me, and in their stead you entered in, sweeter than every pleasure. Paul's advice in Romans 13 is similar to that that he gives in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. In the opening verse there he says, Since you have been raised to a new life in Christ, set your hearts and minds on the things above. And in verse 5 he writes, Put to death, therefore, 
what belongs to your earthly nature. He is saying that God's people should let the light of their new relationship with the risen Lord Jesus fall on every aspect of life. Passions, words, relationships. Everything is to reflect a new identity. So let me touch on three examples that Paul gives us. Sexuality, the tongue, and relationships. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, he writes, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. If you know the Lord Jesus, Paul is saying, then sex is for marriage only. You used to do what you wanted to do, but now having linked yourself with the Lord, put to death such behaviour. People often argue that they are making love, but with Paul's reference to greed in this context, he is saying that really it's lust. In recent years, studies suggest that the internet is having a negative impact on marriages. People are so consumed by it, especially pornography, that they have less time and inclination for their marriage partner. What a strange paradox. Ogling at pictures more than enjoying the precious gift of the personal, intimate relationship of marriage. As Augustine came to realise, God is not interested in spoiling our fun. Rather, as our Maker, He's providing the framework for our pursuit of the good things of this world as He prepares us for a new world where we'll have more true pleasure than anything we can begin to imagine. Paul also speaks about the tongue. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Don't lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with a new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, according to the image of its creator. It seems strange that Paul writes about controlling the tongue in the same context as he writes about sexuality. What we forget is that the New Testament sees the tongue as our most sin-prone organ. In his letter, James says that the tongue is a restless evil. You may think that to get on in life you need to express yourself with vehemence and an edgy vocabulary but malice, obscenity and rage constantly damage and destroy relationships. Sometimes people tell me that nobody likes a saint. Oh, they're they're so so self-righteous, they say. But to say that is to forget what true humanity is. To be truly human is to be like Jesus. And let me ask, do you get the impression that he was a dull, anemic personality? He was man as men and women are meant to be. Which brings us to Paul's further comment about our relationships. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. Here in Colossians chapter 3, verse 11, Paul is telling us that God's people need to recognize the unity we have in Christ and in turn provide a picture of God's new society to the world around us. One of the significant features of New Testament Christianity was the breakdown of racial and cultural barriers, especially between Jewish and non-Jewish Christians. 
Paul's words set the agenda of unity for God's people across the social and racial divide. Yes, we'll disappoint one another. We won't always be as tolerant as we should be. We won't always love one another or forgive one another as we should. But we must try. That should be our goal. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. You may find it helpful to remember Augustine's words as he read the Scriptures. How sweet did it suddenly become to me to be free of the sweets of folly, things that I once feared to lose, it was now joy to put away. Lord, you cast them forth from me, you the true and highest sweetness, and in their stead you entered in, sweeter than every pleasure. Augustine could sum up elsewhere, God, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless till they find their rest in you. So let me pray. Lord, if we are honest, we find our consciences pricked by the lofty standards you have set of sexual purity, our speaking, and our relationships. We know that this failure in us affects the world, creating injustice and protest, conflict and war. But we also want to thank you for the new world you have made to which we have title and upon which you want us to fix our gaze. Lord, turn our hearts to love you and to honour you. Help us to live for your glory. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.